the Ortho PAC hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome back listeners. Today's podcast I'm going to discuss injection techniques for the knee and shoulder. The idea is to do this in anticipation of our orthopedic boot camp, which is November the 4th through the 6th in Charlotte. And you can find the details of the meeting on paos.org under CME. I teach injection workshops fairly often, and I feel about as qualified as anyone to discuss the techniques. So we'll just have a little chat today of my experience with this. A couple of pointers. Use small volumes, small doses, small syringes, small needles for extra-articular injections, and larger volume, larger dose, larger syringes, larger needles for steroids for intra-articular injections. My rule of thumb is I use 3cc syringes for smaller areas and 5cc syringes for larger joints. I typically use 25-gauge needles for most extra-articular or trigger-point injections as well as small joints, and most often we'll use a 22-gauge for intra-articular injections or deep bursa injections. The two injections I'm talking about today, shoulders and knees, I will always use a 5cc syringe with a 22-gauge needle for the injection. I typically use triamcinolone, but there's also betamethasone available in my practice. There are lots of steroids out there with different properties, but these are the two I use most frequently and I think are fairly similar to what a lot of people use. I usually also make a cocktail with a steroid with a local anesthetic such as bupivacaine or lidocaine. For the knee and the shoulder, I usually use 40 milligrams of Kenlog and 4 cc's of marcaine or lidocaine or a mix of the two. There are lots of indications for steroid injections, tendonitis and bursitis, think shoulder impingement, inflammatory arthropathies, osteoarthropathies, gout, other similar conditions. Contraindications include cellulitis, septic joint, a joint prosthesis or a fracture. If the patient is sick or more specifically has bacteremia, I would not recommend an injection. And just FYI, you're, you're taking a risk if you inject around the patella or Achilles tendon. There's a fairly high incidence of rupture of these tendons if you inject there. I just think you're setting yourself up for potential liability if you do those. So I, I would use extreme caution injecting there. I, I avoid it. I never inject in either of those areas. Another word of caution, make sure you understand the solubility of the steroid you're going to inject. And this is especially true for extra articular structures. If the steroid is fat-soluble, like triamcinolone, when you inject it under the skin outside of a joint, those tiny particles can penetrate most biological barriers. And so when the fat cells in the dermis suck up that prednisone, it can cause them to atrophy. And sometimes you get skin depigmentation and fat atrophy. And both of those things are fairly significant cosmetic issues, especially where cosmesis is going to be a problem. Things like people with darker pigmented skin types, or areas where the skin is frequently exposed, think hands, wrist, you know, upper back. Just keep that in mind. Now, water-soluble steroids like betamethasone are much less likely to cause any cosmetic issues as the particles are larger and limited amounts are absorbed by the fat. But here's the hitch. In my opinion, now this is just Sam Dyer's opinion. It, it's not necessarily everyone's, but in my opinion, triamcinolone is way more effective than betamethasone. So I will still use it in many situations, even extra-articular. 
you can really limit the risk of skin changes if you decrease the dose in volume, depending on what you're injecting. So I don't think it's necessarily contraindicated to use triamcinolone extraarticular injections, but if you make some small changes, you can use it safely with uh, minimal risk. For today, like I said, we're talking about shoulder and knee injection techniques. So first up, let's talk about the shoulder. Lots of reasons why you might want to inject a shoulder, such as impingement bursitis or glenohumeral joint osteoarthritis. But once you determine that you want to inject a patient, you or your medical assistant need to gather some materials together. In my practice, we have little baskets where we put the materials. I'll have my syringe of fluid. I prefer betadine skin prep, but alcohol or any other skin prep is fine. I like to use ethyl chloride as a topical anesthetic, and I'll have a few four by fours and a Band-Aid in my injection basket. And I have that little tray of stuff and I take it in to do my injections. I think I mentioned this earlier, but for shoulders and knees, I use 40 milligrams of Kinlog and four cc's of Marcaine. Uh, that's just my typical routine, but you can use any combination that you'd like. The books say don't use more than 40 milligrams of Kinlog. I know several people that will use up to 80 milligrams of Kinlog. That's, you know, based on your practice and your doc, I can tell you from what I've researched, 40 milligrams is supposedly the max. So I'll let you decide what you want to do with that. I've got a couple of pearls that I want to give, and this is the first one. When you are drawing up your Kinlog from the vial, make sure you shake it. And I don't mean agitate where you just rock it back and forth. I mean, shake, 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 you know, really give it a good uh, shaking. And what you'll notice is all of those little salt particles that are accumulated on the bottom kind of get mixed in with the diluent in the vial. And so you're getting more medicine. Otherwise, if you don't shake it, you're just getting more diluent and it's going to be a pretty much ineffective injection. So keep that in mind. And the other thing is once you have your cocktail made, you have your uh, cortisone and your local anesthetic right before you inject it in the patient, make sure you give the syringe a pretty good shake because you want to get that all kind of a solution before you inject it. For the technique for the shoulder, I'll have the patient sit facing away from me on the exam table. That way I can easily visualize and palpate the posterior lateral corner of the acromion. For the injection, I direct the needle about a centimeter distal to the posterior lateral acromion. And I put just a little bit of a cephalic angle, maybe about five to 10 degrees. Now, if you read the textbooks, they'll say, make your aiming point toward the coracoid. I think that goes a little bit too medial for a lot of people and you can get in the cuff. So I will tend to cheat aiming my needle kind of in between the coracoid and the lateral edge of the acromion. And just, you, you still want to keep the injection under the acromion. If you go lateral to the acromion, you're getting more into the deltoid and that's not going to work. So, so kind of in between those two with a little bit of cephalic angle. Depending on the patient's body habitus, i.e. big muscular people or very small thin frame people, I may insert the needle to the hub to get it in the right spot, or sometimes it only has to go in a centimeter or two, and it just takes practice. You can kind of eyeball it when you find the posterior lateral acromion, and you know how much to go in. I bolus the entire content over three to five seconds, so it's a steady, smooth injection, and I withdraw and redirect the needle if I have any resistance. Here's another pearl for you. If you're having trouble finding this and you're concerned that you're not getting it in the right spot, when you find the posterior lateral acromion, get your landmarks and you have your target. If you'll have your assistant distract the humerus, kind of pull down on the arm, it will pull the humeral head with a rotator cuff attached away from the acromion and it will give you a 
you know, sometimes as much as a centimeter of extra space where you can put that injection. So when you're learning how to do these, it's a good idea to have somebody help you like that. For the knee, I'm going to talk about two types of injections. The first injection is the one that I do most commonly. I have the patient sitting on the side of the exam table with their knee flexed at 90 degrees. I have them scoot out just a teeny bit so I can flex and extend their knee, flex just a little bit past 90, and that will relax the joint. And as with the shoulder, I use uh, betadine and ethyl chloride. And my anatomic landmarks for an anterolateral injection are the lateral edge of the patella tendon, the lateral femoral condyle, and the proximal lateral tibial plateau. If you think about those three structures and imagine a triangle, I want my needle to enter into the middle of that triangle. The needle will be parallel to the floor and will be directed at the posterior medial femoral condyle. Same as with the shoulder, I bolus the contents over three to five seconds, and I always withdraw the needle and redirect if I have resistance. And just like with the shoulder, depending on the body habitus, you may not have to get the needle in all the way. A lot of times you can get it in a centimeter and you're, you're right where you need to be. So why do I use anterolateral versus supine position? The main reason is it takes less time and I'm usually very busy in clinic. I give a lot of injections and it's just quicker, but either way is fine. Whatever you feel comfortable with. One patient type that I would use this preferably over the supine position, and this is a pearl, if you have a morbidly obese patient, sometimes people have quite a bit of adipose tissue around their knee. And it's very difficult to find landmarks around the patella when the patient's supine. So if you have them sitting and the knee is flexed, you can usually locate the patella. And then it's a little bit easier to find those landmarks I described earlier. But there are also skin creases across the joint. And if you palpate deep enough, you can find the joint. Some patients just have so much adipose tissue, it's just too difficult to find the landmarks. So uh, morbidly obese patients uh, definitely consider anterolateral approach. The other approach I referred to earlier is an injection in, in the medial patellofemoral joint. Now, you can do superior lateral or superlateral injections. Most people listening should probably focus on medial patellofemoral injections. If I'm aspirating the joint, I'll typically do it from a superior lateral approach. But for purposes of just giving the injection, we're going to discuss a medial patellofemoral injection. Anybody that's old like me remembers this was the way that hyaluronic acid was supposed to be given when it first came out over 20 years ago. The technique was you numb up the medial patellofemoral joint, patient supine, you use five cc's of lidocaine, and then you inject the syringe of whatever HA therapy into the joint. And you can do it with cortisone injections. It doesn't matter. As long as you're inside the joint capsule, it's going to work. I will have the patient supine on the exam table, and I will have them slide their heel off the end of the table. Another pearl for you here. If you have them put their heel off the end of the exam table while they're lying down, it really relaxes the knee joint. It makes it easier to examine the joint, the patellofemoral joint, the ligaments for stability, and it just kind of relaxes the quadriceps. If you have their heel up on the table, it makes tension across the knee and, and it's more difficult to examine. So it's just a good technique to do and just a little pearl for you. Your injection angle. Now, if it's the right knee, I want the patient's head to my right because I'm right-handed. If it's their left knee, I want their head to my left side because it's easier. Otherwise, i got to pull the table away from the wall in my clinic, the way it's set up, to do the shot. So make sure you get your patient in the right position. Your injection angle, now, again, sterile prep with betadine or whatever prep solution you're using, ethyl chloride spray. But the injection angle is the inferior to the medial edge of the patella with a five to 10 degree caudal angle. 
you can usually almost like you're doing a patellofemoral subluxation medially, and you can palpate the undersurface there, that medial facet, and that'll give you a good idea where you need to put this injection. This is the technique for knee injections that I recommend most new providers, new to injections use. You can get five cc's of lidocaine and you can numb up that spot that I just described and let it set for a minute. And then you can do your cortisone injection through there. Now, granted, the patient's getting two injections, but until you feel comfortable getting it in the knee joint, that way it'll give you a chance to make sure you're in the right spot. Sometimes you hit some fat pad or sometimes you hit the bone there and you got to redirect. And if it's numb, it's not going to bother the patient and it'll give you more chances to make sure you're in the right spot. So I recommend that first administration of five cc's of lidocaine until you become proficient. Cortisone injections are really a big part of my practice. I always have been for 25 years. I can tell you this, I have many patients who will not allow any other provider to give them their injection. I've been doing it for so long. So I think if you follow the techniques I described, you'll have many patients that want you to give them their injections too. I hope you got a couple of pearls out of this. We talked about that. And if you think an injection workshop may benefit your practice, let us know. Uh, we might be able to help you with that. And that's all I got, listeners. I uh, thank you for your time today. The idea is to do this in anticipation of our orthopedic boot camp, which is November the 4th through the 6th in Charlotte. And you can find the details of the meeting on paos.org under CME.